Hey, Kelly, do you want to play a game with me? Absolutely. So I'm going to give you three quotes. We're going to see, well, we're going to see if it takes you three quotes to figure out which movie I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. Got it? Okay. All right, here we go. Quote number one, walk left, safe. Walk right, safe. Walk in the middle, you get squished like a grape. Oh, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> this is not going to be good. Number two, the, they get easier as it goes. We do not train to be merciful here. Mercy is for the weak. Here in the streets, in competition, a man confronts you. He is the enemy. An enemy deserves no mercy. Okay. Number three. Sweep the leg. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Karate Kid. (laughs) Well done. Thank you for playing. Welcome back to A Bit of Fun with Emily. It's me, your host, Emily. I am glad you're here. So this is season two, where we're talking about 80s and 90s kids movies we grew up loving and sometimes fearing, depending. This one, though, is just in the loving category. It's the story of an underdog. And boy, do I love an underdog. A scrawny kid from Jersey who moves out to California with his mom and immediately starts to get beat up. I mean, like immediately. The next day... He gets into a fight. That That's kind of impressive, actually. But hopefully you've guessed it. We are talking about The Karate Kid. Make sure to stick around after the summary for a sweet interview with a young buddy of mine who just absolutely loves this movie. But first, some lazy internet research. And again, this is like really lazy, guys, because I go to like one or two sites, mostly IMDb or Mental Floss, and I just copy and paste their content with things that I find interesting. For example, Roger Ebert said The Karate Kid is a sleeper with a title that gives you the wrong idea. It's one of 1984's best movies. I had meant to see what else came out in 1984 to see if I agree with him, but I I was that lazy that I didn't do that. The yellow classic automobile that Daniel polishes during the wax on and wax off scene and eventually is gifted by Miyagi on his birthday was actually given to Ralph Macchio by the producer and he still owns it. It's a 1948 Ford Super Deluxe, if that means anything to anyone. Not to me, but it's a beautiful car. I was glad he picked that one. Pat Morita himself designed the Bonsai logo that was sewed into Daniel's gi. Next up, although the song You're the Best will be forever tied to the montage of fight scenes during the All-Valley Karate Tournament. Joe Esposito's song was originally written by Bill Conti and Allie Willis to be used in Rocky III, but was ultimately replaced with Survivor's Eye of the Tiger, which I think is the better song. So good for Rocky for getting that one. Pat Johnson was responsible for the choreography of the Karate Kid's fight scenes. Johnson is a well-known karate expert, and he also played the part of the referee in the film's final match. William Zabka continued his karate training and became a second-degree green belt. The fly... (laughs) I like this one. The fly in the scene where they're trying to catch it with the chopsticks was attached to a fishing line and was being moved around by the crew members, which I just... I always wish that I could just see how sometimes actually I go back and forth because part of me is like, I wouldn't want the mad movie magic spoiled for me. Like I never want to see 
puppetry done, especially by the Muppets, because I don't want that magic, that realism taken away from me. But there are some times where when they describe scenes and how they they execute them, that I, it'd be hilarious to be sitting somewhere and watching. I was going to a, say a fly on the wall, but that felt weird talking about it since I was just talking about a fly on a fishing line. And finally, William Zabka stated that an actual mini karate tournament was being held in the background of the tournament scene in order to make it seem more realistic, which I thought was kind of cool. Those kids, you know, they're, how they stayed focused, it would be kind of interesting knowing that there's a filming a movie being filmed behind you. Anyway, let's just dive on into that spoiler-filled walkthrough of the movie. Here we go. The Karate Kid. It starts with a mother and her teenage son leaving New Jersey. Family, community, to head to California for a new start. Everybody was heading to California in the 80s for a new start, I think. There's a road trip, beautiful scenery, some banter, and a sweeping dramatic score as they travel cross-country. And then all of a the sudden, there's palm trees and a somewhat sketchy apartment complex. So, ta-da, they are in California. Daniel LaRusso is, he's a skinny kid, scrawny looking kid. Apparently he was 22 when this movie was made and the rest of the cast and crew didn't actually believe him. He pulls off teenage boy really well. He also makes friends incredibly quickly. Like within five minutes of settling into his new home, he gets out of the car, gets his suitcase and his bicycle heads through a gate and then he's made his first new friend. I, I'm actually pretty jealous to be honest. It's a, it's a perfect example of a magical movie moment. But the kid also has like a confidence about him that's kind of fun. There's a bit of swagger in his step, not really like a chip on his shoulder, more like he knows who he is and doesn't feel the need to put on airs, which I I really like about him. I actually really like this kid. He he deserves to get beat up a lot though. Uh but he'd be a fun hang, I think. The apartment is <laughs> isn't quite the lap of luxury that his mom was led to believe. So as soon as he drops off his bags, his mother is sending him to find the super, which just happens to be Mr. Miyagi, arguably one of the greatest movie mentors of all time. He's a bit cranky, uh, and he loves attempting to catch flies with chopsticks. It's an interesting hobby. He could maybe just shut the screen door so the flies wouldn't get in, but then what would be the fun of that, I guess? I don't know. So the next day, Daniel is off to his first beach party and a game of soccer. Seriously, I wish I had the good fortune as a teenager to make friends that quickly. No awkward new kid phase for Daniel. He's also a lot more athletic than he looks. That's when he spots Allie, the love interest, who's from the rich side of the tracks. They hit it off. Uh, they, you know, are flirting with one another, kicking a soccer ball. He's teaching her how to play soccer, even though she clearly knows how to play. And that's really frustrating. But then, um, her ex-boyfriend shows up, which is kind of a bummer, Johnny and his posse, you know, the 20 year olds who drive on up with motorbikes. They have a fun conversation about senior year and getting psyched before Johnny catches Allie with Daniel and kind of like flips his lid. Allie distracts Daniel to get him out of the way when she sees Johnny rolling up in his leather jacket. They have a bit of a spat. Daniel tries to step in, and then what one can assume is a fight starts. <laughs> it's a pretty one-sided fight. Johnny karate kicks Daniel, who bounces up and punches him. 
Big mistake. Dude gets clobbered, and not only does he lose, he realizes that these new friends aren't really friends at all. So there's that, I guess. They just leave him bleeding on the beach. And then Allie tries to help him. He's like, here, I'll give you a ride home. And he's got a bit of a pride issue. He's like, no, and he gets home himself somehow. I don't know how. Next morning, he heads off to school on his own, on his bike. Kind of curious how he knew where it was, seeing as how they had just moved in two days before and he was unpacking and partying during that time. So it's, I, I was impressed that he could just find his way to school on his own on a bike. Bad luck, the motorbike crew is trying out for soccer too because after school that's where Daniel's at and they decide to pick on him and he gets kicked out for fighting. It's, it's a rough day. He's having a rough start to his life in California, this fresh start. So after school, he decides <laughs> to practice some karate moves he's learned in a book. And Mr. Miyagi stops by to fix a leaky sink and kind of gives him the side eye. He's not impressed by his this young man's technique. Doesn't say anything really, just is like, oh, so you're doing karate and just kind of lets him go about his business. Transition to an afternoon where he's meeting, where Daniel's meeting his mom for dinner. And he decides to stop by a karate dojo, Cobra Kai, to check it out. All of the dojos to check out. In the city, he ends up in the psychotic one led by the maniac of a sensei and the one where the motorbike crew just happened to hang. He's just got a target on his back. So after dinner, which must have taken a long time because it was as sunny as could be as he was eating, and then all of a sudden it's pitch black and he's riding his bike home in the dark, which also feels like a poor parenting choice to have your child riding his bike home in the dark in a new place. I mean, you don't know the neighborhood yet. You don't know what's going on there. Well, the motorbike crew and Johnny kind of stalk him and they cause him to wreck his bike and hit his head. And he is just, he's over it. Um, so he tosses his bike in a dumpster, right? His mom catches up to him and pulls in to the parking lot um, he yells at her that he didn't really want to move there. She never asked him about that. And then he begs her to let him take karate classes so that he can learn to protect himself. So as they head on up to their apart apartment, we get Mr. Miyagi peeking his head out of the workroom eavesdropping. He seems resigned to the fact that he's going to end up taking on a student. You just can see it in his eyes like, ah, oh, dang it. I'm going to have to get involved, aren't I? So when Daniel gets home from school the next day, we go back and forth between school, not school. There's a lot of transitions in this movie. Well, he finds his bike all fixed, the one that he had thrown into the dumpster the night before. It's all fixed, and it's parked in front of his front door. And he immediately guesses correctly that it was Mr. Miyagi that had fixed it, and he goes down to the workroom to thank him. They talk about bonsai trees in Okinawa, as their first lesson kind of begins, um, the trimming of a tree, you know, following your instincts and quieting the mind. Then we get another school montage. Daniel's trying to stay under the radar and keeps ducking Allie, who wants him to just stand up to Johnny and get it over with. This works until Mr. Miyagi encourages him to go to the school Halloween dance, where the kid goes dressed as a shower, which is equal parts brilliant and ridiculous. I mean, it's the biggest, most obvious costume in the crowd, which is opposite of the invisible man motif that Daniel had kind of wanted. But it works because Allie immediately knows it's him. How? 
no one knows, but she's able to get inside of the shower curtain with him. And then they are, I, you can't, they can't be seen, which is fine, but how they're not running into a lot of people, I don't know. Um, and so they, they dance and are having fun until a dude dressed as a chicken cracks an egg over Daniel's head. Transition to Daniel in the bathroom trying to get cleaned up. Shower head and curtain still attached to his body with a seatbelt. Um, and that's where he sees one of Johnny's cronies dressed as a skeleton who comes in to look for his fearless leader and finds him in a stall with headphones on rolling a cigarette. You know, that happens a lot in high school movies. Kids hanging out in bathrooms. I mean, it feels weird to me to be in a stall just hanging out for any particular reason you see people eating their lunch in there in high school movies and it's like that's gross I mean I could probably and I'm not exaggerating count on one hand the number of times that I used the bathroom in the four years I went to high school I just I did not realize that that was such a popular locale that's where everybody was at apparently especially in the 80s and 90s I don't know if that's the case now but everybody wants to hang out in the bathroom I guess for some reason in this particular bathroom there's an industrial sink with a hose and Daniel thinks it would be a great idea to sneakily hang the hose above the stall that Johnny is in and turn on the water that has the desired effect you know of ticking off the school bully and crew who you've been trying to stay away from at school why not just you know piss them off that that seems logical and so he goes sprinting through the halloween party leaving Allie by herself again and he gets on his bike and he's trying to get home as fast as he can well they catch up to him and just as he's about to try to climb the fence into his apartment complex they grab him pull him down and start to beat him up again and they finally go from you know run-of-the-mill jerks to seriously brainwashed miscreants spouting the philosophy of no mercy that they learned from their sensei at Cobra Kai. So kind of potentially dangerous situation here. Uh, Some boys who are being taught how to be violent, but also aren't being taught good judgment. So it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Well, as they're busy, arguing about whether or not Daniel has had enough. Mr. Miyagi sneaks over the fence in plain view. I mean, how they missed him is beyond me. They they must have just been really serious into their conversation because they do not see this grown man or hear him climbing a fence behind them. And he puts it into the shenanigans with his own karate moves. I do apologize. I don't know anything about karate. So there's probably like names for all of these things that he's doing, but I don't know them. And um, instead of using karate chop and kicks all the time, we'll just say karate moves. It, it works. So Miyagi picks up Daniel and kind of hilarious, just opens the gate that Daniel had been trying to climb in in the first place. It wasn't locked. And he takes him back to the tool shed that is his super super's office and kind of cares for him. He's He puts some kind of a liquid healing substance on his cheek that smells bad, gives him some tea to drink, which would not make me feel better. And that's where Daniel gets a little bit of backstory that he learns that um, Miyagi had learned karate from his fisherman father in Okinawa, which leads to the teenager finally asking for help. He wants revenge. Um, Miyagi goes, well, why do you want to learn karate? 
karate and he says well because i want to get back to these guys and he's like uh no he believes that karate's for defense only as a last solution um he also calls out cobra kai and the attitude of these boys and how that's an issue that they're being taught from a gentleman with really bad leadership skills so despite that though daniel convinces miyagi to go with him to cobra kai the next day to confront the sensei and the cobra kai groupies and reluctantly miyagi agrees um hoping to see that you know maybe he can help get them to leave daniel alone there they get to watch so they come in miyagi and daniel come in and the the boys are chanting <laughs> is, that the, is that the right word they're yelling together in you know synchronicity is that i they're, they're yelling together and um doing karate stuff and then they decide to like spar they're gonna fight one another and all the while miyagi and daniel are kind of standing at the back watching and they get to see just how kind of demented this sensei is where he physically assaults a young man and proclaims that mercy is for the weak i mean he's a piece of work he sees miyagi's um so then johnny notices daniel and miyagi kind of standing in the back they have a a confrontation where Miyagi's like, hey, you know, leave this guy alone. And they think it's kind of funny. In fact, the sensei kind of sees the request as a challenge and demands a place in time for a showdown. That's how kind of far gone he is. And Miyagi was like, fine, fine, that's fine. We'll do that. Um, but we're not going to do it here. We're going to do it at a tournament. And you have to leave my boy alone for two months so that he can train. So, that's what happens. There's going to be a showdown between Cobra Kai and Daniel at this local tournament. Understanding that the Cobra Kai kids have obviously been training with this sensei for a while. And then you've got Daniel who's been learning karate from a book and has almost, almost zero training. I, that's one of the problems I have with this movie. <laughs> So we're going to take the next bit kind of quickly, though. There's not a ton of character development or plot. Basically, just Daniel learning karate and being weird to the girl he likes. One thought before we dive into this list. Outside of chauffeuring him around, we, where is Daniel's mom? We very rarely see Daniel's mom. I mean, I know she's working a lot trying to you know, provide for the family, but... What do you think she thinks is going on here? That always kind of bothered me. I mean, Miyagi is a stand-up guy, and I am not trying to insinuate that there is anything weird going on. But if all of a sudden my teenage son was spending all of his free time with a senior citizen, I might have some questions. Or at the very least, I would be checking in, you know, every once in a while. Like, hey, what are you guys doing together? Is this a good idea? Maybe I should meet with Miyagi a little more. You only see actually, like... I think in the whole movie, they're in two scenes together, Miyagi and the mom, but only one time do they actually acknowledge each other's existence. So just it's weird. It's weird. I, I think I would have some questions. Anyway, the, the quick rundown, going through this quickly. Here we go. So Miyagi tosses out a lot of proverb-like sayings to a student, many of which I think I would have failed to grasp as a teenager. They make a pact. Miyagi promises to teach karate if Daniel promises to learn and do whatever he's told to do. He should do it without question. Again, kind of a red flag. 
I, I, I'm nothing, nothing inappropriate happens. I fully acknowledge that. But if, if you, <laughs> so it just, it bothers me a little bit because he is, he is a grown man and he's got a teenager. Ugh, I don't know. So Daniel then washes and waxes his mentor's impressive collection of antique cars. The Cobra Kai guys agree to leave Daniel alone until the tournament, which makes our hero's life a lot easier at school. He's still making poor life choices, though, because he's egging him on instead of maybe, you know, just keeping your mouth shut and they'll forget all of this. Daniel asks Allie out on a date. She accepts and his mom has to drive them around. It's a bit awkward. Daniel sands Mr. Miyagi's deck, catches a fly with chopsticks, totally annoying his mentor, stains the biggest private fen- privacy fence I've ever seen, and paints the old guy's house. I mean, this is the final straw for the young man who feels like he's just been brought on as slave labor. But then Miyagi puts him in his place by demonstrating how each of the movements he made Daniel do while working were actually karate moves. Uh, then they go to the beach to practice balance in the water. Daniel fails miserably, as I do every time I'm at the beach. So Miyagi has him try while safely perched in a rowboat. That goes only a little better. The mentor then gets really sad. He drinks a bit too much and starts singing. Daniel repays the favor by caring for him, just just like he did on Halloween night, which was very sweet. And in a moment I really loved when no one was watching. So he's kind of, he's put Miyagi to bed. Um, he's found a letter that talks about, sadly, the loss of um, his mentor's wife and child. Um, so he's going to leave and he turns around before he leaves the room and he bows. And I just, I really like that. You start to see Daniel kind of get it, that um, what he's also learning is is respect. And I don't know, I always really like that part. Um so then he kind of picks up his training. He's he's kind of more dedicated this. He you can see him practicing, you know, with his head and his heart. It's about the training and the patience and the focus. Then they celebrate Daniel's 16th birthday with cake, an embroidered gi, and a gifted antique car. And then Daniel calls Miyagi his best friend, which is the most adorable thing ever. And to be honest, just in that same line of thinking, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. And do you think Miyagi consulted the mother before purchasing the car? Are they having conversations maybe I don't know about? Maybe. But I think it's terribly inconsiderate to gift a young man a car not knowing how he's going to pay for gas or insurance or if he's really a good driver. I I don't know. Um that never gets explained. Surprise, surprise. And then Daniel goes off to find Allie at the golf and stuff place, the scene of their first date where they share a very interesting first kiss. Very interesting. And now we've made it to the tournament. All of that's happened right before the tournament. Again, two months later. So he's gone through all of that. He's done a lot of housework, very little karate training, and now it's time for the tournament. And he's nervous, understandably so. He's, you know, he's he's walking in blind he has no idea how this works Allie's trying to fill him in on the rules as they're walking into the gym um they have he the Cobra Kai guys are kind of trying to rile him up they know that he's just gonna get pulverized this isn't gonna go well um (laughs) 
So it's 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 rough for Daniel. I don't think I could walk into the room to be completely honest. Round one, Daniel keeps running out of the ring like a coward, but his mentor gives him some advice and he manages to get in a kick and a shot to the back for the win. I have no idea how the point system works. Um, it seems like a quick way to end a round, but then we get kind of a montage as Daniel watches Cobra Kai just dominate. But he is also just like slowly picking off the bullies who are overly hyped and kind of seem like they're on some kind of an upper uh, with my untrained eye. Though the difference between Daniel and Cobra Kai is his patience, I guess, that um, he kind of sits back and lets them do the first move. He reacts to it and then they leave openings um, where he can then stop them. They're just a way too gung-ho, the Cobra Kai kids. It does work though because he's in the semifinals where things start to get interesting and kind of not as they seem, which is interesting. So Bobby, one of Johnny's besties, is given the mission to take Daniel out of commission. That's Sensei's words. Not beat him, um, but to hurt him. And he knows that if he does this, he'll be disqualified. He's like, you really want me to do this? And he's like, take him out of commission. So we're getting a better glance at how warped, you know, the sensei is, um, that he's not above injuring, real, physically harming children. But then you also kind of see that maybe these young men aren't as far gone as you think they are. He kind of, are you serious? Like you want me to hurt him? Um, he kind of balks at that. Well, Bobby... He goes into the ring, they face off, um, and he does what he's told, because I think I would too, maybe, because the sensei's scary. And so he takes a cheap shot at Daniel's knee, sending him to the floor in pain. Um, but you see Bobby apologizing profusely. He's on the mat. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Daniel, I'm sorry. So they're not quite as bad as you seem. In fact, when it pans back over to the sensei, who's kind of proud of himself, like, haha, you see Johnny and one of the other friends kind of give him an uncertain glance like you know this doesn't seem right what are we doing here so then daniel is taken to the locker room um they they're like oh you're out of the tournament but he convinces miyagi to perform a healing magic hand maneuver on his leg so that he can go back out there he wants to finish what he started which is admirable, um, but that means he's up against Johnny for tournament champion. So Daniel limps out onto the stage and they face off. Our hero gets the first two points, sending Johnny to the mat and bloodying his nose, which does not go over well with Sensei, of course. And as he goes to the edge of the mat to get cleaned up, the Sensei tells him to sweep the leg. No mercy. Johnny looks a little surprised, but goes out there and gets the next two points. They spar for a bit more until... Johnny purposefully goes after Daniel's injured knee, sending him back to the mat. That's when Daniel remembers his training, the, the hours, I'm not even going to say days, the hours he spent over the last two months practicing balancing on one lane, leg. So then he's going to do the crane kick. He does, you know, that iconic move that he does. Cue crying as the music builds and Daniel wins the tournament with a kick, getting a nod of approval from Miyagi on the sidelines. There were zero stakes to this tournament, uh, really. I mean, worst case scenario, Daniel loses, but maybe has earned the respect of the boys, and then they can all kind of go their s separate ways. But boy, do I love an underdog story. I cry every time. Seriously, guys, I cry every time. And then Johnny grabs the tournament trophy and hands it to Daniel, 
who has indeed earned his respect, um, which is a nice moment at the end between these two. The end. Huh. <laughs> there's not a lot to this movie. Really? There's really not. The, the more I think about it, there's not a lot going on. You've got a boy displaced who doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut. He's not a bad kid. He just kind of doesn't know how to read the room. Um, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because he does, when it comes to Allie on the beach, he is standing up for her, thinking that she's in trouble. He doesn't know the situation, I guess. Uh, but he could learn to keep his mouth quiet. He's a fighter. He's a lover, you know, both a lover and a fighter, I guess. Um, finds himself a mentor, learns some karate, goes to a tournament. That's all there is to this movie. So really the best of 1984. Very interesting. Well, we're going to skip the usual rundown about character and plot and exposition and climax and all of that for a quick little interview with my buddy Ransom, who's a big fan of the movie and a martial arts student himself. And then I'll be back for the final wrap up and a goodbye. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today, Ransom. I've just got a few questions for you because I heard that you really like the movie Karate Kid. Are you ready for yeah. the questions? Yeah. All right. Number one, who is your favorite character in the movie? Um, this is definitely going to be a surprising answer for you, but okay. My, my favorite can- character is Johnny. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh, why? I'm fascinated. Why is he your favorite character? It's not because of like, th- like his like actions and his behavior. It's just. Um, kind of like his story and his style like I really like how leather jackets and um I like how he's um got like a motorbike he, uh-huh. he listens to hard it's like it's basically like a mean version of me honestly <laughs> I like it <laughs> um so but at around the end he's actually he actually gets good yeah he's, he's definitely better than he was before because he he was like he was literally saying that he was sorry mm-hmm. to him, i think i don't remember but he definitely was much nicer to him realized how um bad his sensei was so yep he didn't have a great role model so you do see you do see him get a little better at the end absolutely well i love that answer all right number two do you have a favorite karate move that daniel or somebody from cobra kai performs um honestly if i were to say um most people would probably say the crane kick because it was the big thing at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I honestly like when they swing or trip because it's just like it happens so much in the movie, and it's not really a move that's supposed to hurt, but it's supposed you can do something to hate. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's honestly, I really. Uh, like that move, honestly, and I recently learned it in my karate class. So. Oh, nice! Very cool. Do you, when you do it at karate class, do you feel like you're in the movie? Um, no, I just, <laughs> I just enjoy it, honestly, just yeah. a lot. And it's much more different than in the movies. They usually like go down, and um, it like their leg spins around them. 
But to actually sweep the leg, you have to put your foot, your back foot, and move it up behind their front foot. Mm-hmm. You have to pull it back and they're going to fall down. They should fall down if you put enough force into it. All right. All right, last question. What is your favorite part of the movie? Um, hmm. Um, honestly, my favorite part of the movie is when um Daniel decides the invisible man for the um, mm-hmm. because it was just like it was just so funny seeing a guy walking in a shower. <laughs> the only part I really didn't like about that scene is the fact that he ran when he after he did that to Johnny. Yeah. He got to put attention on him. He because he was in a giant party, so any, no one would really notice. No one was to see him do it, so he probably would have been fine if he didn't run and make a big scene. Yeah. Well, I love your answers. You are right. I, they were kind of surprising. I wasn't expecting some of them. Yeah. I knew you wouldn't expect <laughs> the one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to watch it when I watch it tonight. I'm just going to watch it with new eyes thinking about all of these things you told me. So that is very cool. All right. Well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. And you'll have to listen to the episode so you can hear your voice. Yeah. Isn't he so sweet? He's the sweetest kid. I just love that he wanted to hop on and do this with me. He had. Um, so his mom is Julia, who is on the Disney sidekicks episode yep the sidekicks episode of season one and when I had mentioned that I was going to be doing 80s and 90s kids movies he was like well if she does the karate kid would you tell her that I want to be on it and she had said that kind of offhandedly I was like oh no we're gonna make this happen so what a wonderful little kid I'm, I'm so glad that he that he joined me and he speaks so well and intelligently and it's just awesome and thoughtful he did surprise me with some of his answers very thoughtful answers so cool thank you ransom so final wrap up character recasting i'm gonna go with no i don't think there's any character that i was like oh this one seems a little off there's a few of the guys that are in the cobra kai that i think are goofy but i enjoy looking for them every time i watch it so i'm glad they're there and i think ralph macchio and william zapko that they're both fantastic and of course miyagi miyagi is just you know first class so i don't think i would do any recasting does this or did this need a sequel yeah it did <laughs> i actually i don't know if it actually needed one but i really like the second one after that they could have stopped i think but i i did really enjoy the second one the new setting i was glad that daniel wasn't fighting the same old bullies again we have kind of a completely different journey character arc especially for Miyagi getting to go back home plus we get an excellent Peter Cetera song moment which is never a bad thing so I really like it rewatchability it's not one that I watch a lot but I always enjoy when I do rewatch it so for some it might be one that you put in all the time it might be because it's the best of 1984 films I don't know but what did you think of the Karate Kid is it one of your favorites do you prefer the first one or maybe one of the sequels um like Ransom is Johnny Lawrence your favorite character I would like to hear 
about that and why. Very interesting. But that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Really, it is so appreciated. If you haven't already, I hope you subscribe so we can keep going on this journey together. We have one more 80s movie, and then we're going to skip on over to the 90s, which is going to be a lot of fun. If you've got the time, it would be awesome if you could rate and review the podcast, but only if it's nice. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at GnomeGirlM, and on Facebook as A Bit of Fun with Emily. Go have yourself a bit of fun today, and I will see you next time.